Hello, friends. My name is Eddie, and along with Sir Kevin, we are here to talk about a tradition truly unlike any other. The Surviving Golf Podcast proudly brings to you pregame coverage of the Masters Tournament. Yes! We are finally here. We're finally here. I am so excited. We finally made it to Masters Week, and I'm still alive in the pool. I still have a little bit of money left in my gambling account, and I am firing on all cylinders this week. Yes. Yes, sir. We made it. We made it. It's finally the first first major of the year. Obviously, my personally, my favorite major of all of them. Um, I love that it kicks off the the major season. Obviously, very excited. And this is like a full week of just kind of delving into all the different content you can kind of you know take in and and the research and all that that fun stuff. So definitely happy to be here for sure. Um, and we have a lot to look forward to for tonight. But before we get on to the Masters stuff, I think, uh, Ed, you have some stuff to say about last week. Is that correct? I do. I have two things I got to hit on quick that are un-Masters related. And I'll keep it short. Keep it short. I mentioned a couple podcasts ago now, I think, that my wife had experimented with podcasting with her friend. I have to give a quick update on that podcast. Uh, in one episode that's been released, she has like quadrupled our total listenership. So if you're ready for some annoying pushing of this podcast and nonstop plugging by yours truly, uh, you know, I'm here for you because that's what's coming for the next couple of weeks. This is, I'm a very competitive person and to see this type of effort and, and research, uh, just be trumped by, um, sheer social media popularity and, uh, loyal following and, a girl's culture is is unacceptable. So uh, you're about to get some shameless, shameless promotion. Um, anything you need to add to that? I go, oh, no, I'm glad you led with that because I, there's a, well, I have a couple things to say about it, actually. Yeah. So you can't, I, the contrast, obviously, Ed and I do this podcast, but we also text a lot. We golfed together yesterday. So we had a lot of chance to talk, you know, like in between episodes and everything like that. So last week, obviously, you know, the perception from Eddie was, you know, we, he was happy for his wife starting this new podcast. And of course this was pre first episode. Still happy. Uh, Still happy for, her. I want that on the spoken record. This is, <laughs> this is great. She's doing an awesome job. Her podcast is very good. I want that on the record. Okay. My bad. Keep going. That's okay. So now, yeah, the, but I can tell when something really bothers Eddie and I'm going to, I know that her, <laughs> her success in this first episode, I think really has bothered him a little bit. And this is, and also this is something I actually have not shared with you, which you might know this already, but before Katie released her first episode, also she was texting me about a lot of different things. Like she asked like where I got my microphone, like the Amazon link. I let her know that she asked about like publishing to, to app, um, to Apple podcast, which I didn't, I, you know, and I'm thinking in my head as this is going on, you know, this is before the first episode released, but I was like, Oh, I was like, you, you know, you, you and Eddie live in the same house. So like, why, why are you not just asking him? And now I'm wondering, is it because this has become like a little tense topic in the household and she feels like she, you know, she can't go to you. I don't know. It, it has, <laughs> it's not, it's not that bad. In fairness, I have, we didn't have a microphone at that point and I had no idea how Apple worked. So she did, she did say, do you care if I reach out to Kev? And she, she asked me because she was like, 
is he going to be offended that I'm starting a podcast after being on with you guys? So it was not like a, like a sneaky thing, but it's, it is, I'll just put it this way. It is professional jealousy. That is what it is. It is just outright envy from me to her that, like I said, girls are just, girls are just different. They all love the same stuff. Well, they, they love a lot of stuff, but there is a Venn diagram where every girl podcast listener likes the same stuff and they're in the middle of it and they're pretty good at it. So I congratulate them on their success and I will keep, I will keep supporting, but my, my effort to catch them is now going to be ratcheted up going forward. Um, starting with, uh, a little more flaunting on this podcast, got to be a little more provocative. So going with a victory lap as my second thing, Corey Connors, 25 to one. I said, fade me. I was right about, I was right in fading myself in every other pick I gave out. So we're not going to focus on those. We're going to focus on finally hitting an outright winner as a non-favorite Corey Connors coming through at the Valero, taking it down. Um, very happy about that. As I said, I have a little money left in my gambling account and it's because I was able to hit that out. Right. So I hope for once somebody listened to what I was saying, Corey Connors, a winner at the Valero open. And that yeah, means I am undefeated good, on the season. Good Und- hit by you there. Undefeated. That's right. <laughs> we, uh, yeah, it was good. It was good to see Connors win. Um, and it was good to see that, that you got that hit. You know, the, the, we even named the last episode time to fade. So it was, uh, it was nice to get back on the right track there. Uh, and that makes things interesting for this week coming up as well. Like, you know, Connors is um, a guy who's had some pretty good uh, success here at Augusta national. So uh, makes him an interesting play coming forward here as well. So. Yeah. And scorching good form. And to your point, his game and shot shape fits the course very well, but we'll get into that. Uh, before we get into the masters, one last thing. Uh, you saw me yesterday. We, me and you were out there. We played some real golf. Uh, you saw the putting. We're, we're down from 41, but not by much. We're at 38 now. Still very shaky. Um, just need to get that off my chest that I'm still struggling over here and we're searching for some answers, but these beautiful, pristine Augusta national greens will hopefully provide some inspiration. Um, but anything you need to get off your chest after the first, uh, you know, the first handicapped round of the golf season. This is yeah, a no, safe space for both of us. It was fun to get out there and play 18 holes. I'll say that. Uh, I was happy with some stuff, not happy with other stuff. Uh, I'll tell you right now, if you've played on a simulator, it lies. All right. So don't let it trick you into thinking that you're a better golfer than you really are. Uh, because it is not truthful all the time in, in ball flight. Uh, but no, I was happy to get out there. Happy to walk 18 holes. Uh, I felt it felt good. And I, um, I, a lot of my shots that I hit, uh, I was, I was very happy with. So I think like being able to just have the simulator and like play consistently throughout this winter, I don't feel like there's a lot, a ton of like dip in my game from like where I ended last season, which like usually there is a pretty big dip and you kind of got to get it back just from not playing. So, uh, but no, it was fun. And yeah, good to see uh, you. We're getting the, the putter for you trending down towards two putt average per hole. So that's what you want. Yeah. I'll, I'll take that. I haven't seen it in a long time, but at this point it's a reasonable goal. Um, all right. Enough about us. Um, let's get on to the main event. 
of the year. We're at Augusta National Country Club for the first major, the best major of the year, um, the Masters, the Masters tournament. Um, some different things about this week. Um, a lot of different things about the event, you know, the event setup, which we'll sort of get into. Like there are certain traditions that make this kind of cool. Um, but we are at 89 players this week, significantly reduced field, and we're we're cutting the field at top 50. Um, in the past, prior to COVID, there was also a rule where it would be top 50 plus any golfer within 10 shots of the lead. And and I don't really, I'm not good enough at math to know how that that um you know, that actually affected the cut line, but that rule has been eliminated. So we're going a, a top 50 cut and ties, which is obviously, um, you know, less than your, your usual top 65, um, in ties and, and a reduced field. So, you know, only the best golfers on the planet here, um, vying for golf's, uh, best title, best title, uh, the green jacket, uh, last year's winner, Scotty Scheffler did it in dominant fashion, actually four putted the, the 18th green and was still able to win comfortably, which you don't see very often. Um, but yeah, man, this is, this is my favorite week of the year. Uh, you know, what are you thinking? Yeah. So just so much history, uh, so iconic, like this tournament, the recognizable holes. So this is the only, uh, one of the four majors that is played at the same course every year. So because of that, and I think I was thinking about this today, but that's part of like, what you love about the PGA tour. Number one, obviously you get to see the best players in the world, but also like, the iconic, like recognizable courses, the, the, the schedule that we're familiar with. Um, and like Ed mentioned, so many traditions coming in, like, you know, we have a segment for the end of this podcast, just going over the champions dinner. Like there's so much uh, build up, you know, to this tournament. And, and um, even for like incredibly casual golf fans, I think almost everybody can come up with a, a memory of like, even if you're not into golf, just like, you know, it was on in like the background or like whatever family party you were at on that Sunday afternoon, you know, it's, it, it's just seem seemingly always on and, and um, something that everyone can identify with. So definitely super excited. Yeah. I really want to get into talking about some of the traditions that make masters week, um, you know, so special uh, starting with like, in you know, in my opinion, like the exclusivity of the event, like just a very difficult place to get into for your common man, um, I know I'm in the lottery every year, still having hits. That's how they, you know, give out the majority of the tickets, unless you're somebody very important. Um, and even honestly, if you're somebody important, like very difficult to get around in here, like it is actually a prestigious place to play um, that, you know, even like your most important people in the world, like don't get priority tea times at this place. Like it is just a glorious place. Um, you know, it's on Magnolia Lane, which is very famous. Um, when you get there as a spectator, they immediately take your phone. So there's no electronics out. Makes it a very, um, you know, a very special atmosphere with with really none of that going on. It's just pure golf watching. Um, the uh, some of the terminology here. Um, these are these are patrons at the event. Everybody attending the event is a patron. They're they're not fans. They're not spectators. They're patrons. So I don't know if I just broke that rule, but from here on off, here on, you know, going forward their patrons. Um, the, the golf course is referred to or broken down into the first and second nine, not the front and the back nine here. And then finally, um, you know, probably the most famous stretch of holes that's referred to constantly, um, you know, in the broadcast and in pop culture is amen corner, um, which is 11, 12, and 13. Um, every hole is given a name at Augusta. This is the, uh, the white dogwood is 11. It's a par four, a very long par four. 
it's got an approach shot to the green that that has some water uh, left of the green, makes it a very difficult approach shot. And then um, the par three that follows, number 12, the Golden Bell, uh, 155 yards with water in the front, sort of very, very pitched down, like short of the green toward the water. It's been a pretty uh, famous spot over the years. And then finally, number 13, Azalea, um, a par five that has been reachable traditionally, but was uh, lengthened this year to make it a little more difficult to reach into. Um, I know some of the guys that have played practice rounds there that were saying that, you know, in the past where they've had a, uh, an eight iron, seven, eight iron into the green, they're now having to hit um, three or four irons. Um, that also has water before the green and around the green. So uh, a scene of a lot of swings, um, but that's going to be referred to constantly. So just something to watch for in the broadcast when you hear that term, hopefully you know what it means. Oh, sorry. That was a lot there. A lot of breath. No, that was great. Um, yes. A, a lot of iconic holes here, obviously. Uh, immediately, uh, you know, just mentioning what Ed mentioned about Amen Corner, 12 always comes to mind with just the, you know, that part three over the water. Uh, I watched, uh, we were discussing a little bit um, before we started recording on the pod, just about some of the press conferences that some of these guys were playing. So the Jordan Spieth one, they sort of opened it up with, uh, which I didn't realize. I mean, I knew, I, you know, obviously Jordan Spieth has had incredible success very early on in his career, very much a part of like what people liked about him so much. Um, but I think it was something like uh, top, five top threes in his first nine appearances at the Masters, uh, which is insane. You know, he – He's been quoted as saying himself that he feels like he gave, he's left a few out there, which he 100% definitely has. Um, and he's interesting. You know, he's way up there on the odds board this week. Well, you know, you can decide for yourself whether you think that's deservedly so or not. Um, but, yeah, just one of many, many interesting players we can kind of look at coming into, into the start on Thursday here. Yeah, so we're working with 7,500 yards here, par 72. Um, the, the, the thing that makes this course sort of – special and difficult is the uh the ultra fast greens um and then sort of the entire terrain of the golf course makes like pretty much every approach shot into the green uneven in some way you know ball above feet ball below feet uh you know uphill downhill lies um the greens are very tough as i mentioned and then the wind is sort of always a factor and uh, i don't want to bring up number 12 here for the third time but i know in 2019 tiger's big uh you know his last win um you know, the wind on 12 sort of knocked the two co-leaders uh, short of the green and then down into the water. So, uh, you know, that that sort of plays a big factor here. Um, when I'm sort of thinking of who's going to be successful, uh, the number one thing is the the history here at the course for me. Um, who's played well here, uh, who has success, what, you know, this course does sort of have a blueprint for what makes people successful. Like it's sort of favors ball flights that are right to left, which is why Bubba Watson has had so much success here as a lefty Phil Nicholson, same thing. Tiger has every shot. So, so, you know, some, some success there. And then for me, uh, sort of approach shots and around the green. Um, I know I mentioned short game and just putting is so, so crucial, but that's sort of a volatile stat. So I like to look at, you know, shots gained, short game shots gained approach, um, sort of to, to get in there. Um, so I don't know if you sort of thought about who, who you're looking at to win, but I sort of thought we'd take like a broad, a broader approach to, to breaking down the field um, and starting with, you know, this will be the first time uh, that we see anybody from the live tour um, playing in this event. Um, you know, it's, it'll be the debut for 
everybody from the live tour, there'll be 17 debuts this week. Um, you know, a bunch of former champions and certainly some people that are up in the, uh, up in the odds. So I want to touch on them a little bit individually to see, you know, where they're at, what we think of their game, um, because there are some big names. So you got any general thoughts, you know, welcoming this, this group back into the folds this week? I do. Yeah. So in my mind, as I was sort of coming into this tournament, just thinking about like the different live guys um, in terms of their like recent history, success, everything like that. In my mind, it was three guys, really. Uh, Dustin Johnson, Cam Smith and Brooks Kepka. But as I started to think about it more, I'm realizing, you know, how many guys I'm leaving off the list and maybe deservedly so based on their like recent form, but like some strong, obviously like master, it, it seems like all the live guys are like former master winners. Like, right. Yeah. Like it's, it's like Bubba Watson, right. Sergio, Patrick Reed, uh, Charles Schwartz. Yeah. All these guys. So like, you know, have they, they've been on live. You can say what you want about like live and, and how seriously they're taking it and, and how they're not playing very often and, and, and everything like that. But, but I think, you know, there's just so many question marks as to how these guys are going to play. It, it's going to be so interesting to see, to see how they do. I, I think it's a mistake to just blank, you know, blankly write off all the live guys. Cause I think there are going to be one or two, at least of them that, that play pretty well here, but trying to pick which ones uh, they are it, for me um, is very difficult. I have to say like, had it been DJ or Cam that had won this past week, I think for me that really obviously would have, you know, and obviously not just me, other people as well would have been, you know, very much into taking them. But having it be Brooks, I think, is really interesting as well because oh he was just playing like very poor golf. And if you were paying attention on Sunday when he won in Orlando, like, Twitter and everything was just blowing up with like, okay, now obviously like he's in contention at the masters. And I, and I mean, his price on draft, he's, he's 7,600 on DraftKings, which is like, if, if you <laughs> like two years ago, if you had ever said that Brooks was going to be that price on DraftKings, like it's insane. He's priced, he's priced with Corey Connors and Min Woo Lee, which like, of course, they've been on great runs also too. But that's one of the nice things about the, this tournament. As I mentioned, the field is so strong and it's so hard to get into. You get all this soft pricing where these guys down in the 7,000s are like still very good golfers. So it makes it just difficult, but also very fun. Yeah, man. I uh, You're going to hear Brooks a lot on this podcast. I'm all, spoiler alert, I'm all in this week on Brooks. Like I really do think he's been playing... So he hasn't, he, he won last week, as you mentioned, but for a few weeks in a row, I've sort of watched the live in a little bit, you know, a little bit during their events and his ball striking has been so phenomenal. Um, but the last event before his win, he, he literally couldn't make a putt to save his life from inside three feet reminds me of me, but everything was shaky. And uh, in Orlando, those putts went in, uh, which is volatile, but it looked a little more confident. So I, I do think he has something to prove. You're going to hear his name a lot. But, but to me, like I sort of looked at the live field and there were guys that I could just write off as just non-factors immediately, but I sort of have some guys that I'm interested to watch. And then some guys that I'm actually like considering betting or playing in DraftKings. So I, I really do want to see uh, Phil Mickelson. I, I want to see Patrick Reed at this event, sort of the two bad guys, Patrick Reed, for what it's worth, been playing sneaky, okay golf on the live tour and, and say what you want past winner here. Great short game. So 
that would be wild to see him in contention over the weekend. Phil, same thing, although Phil is, I, I think, a non-factor here. Um, my, I'm going to get into this later, but we when we get into the fade section, all the bets in the world, your mortgage, fade Bryson this week. But I'm interested to see him play because I think it's going to get really, really bad, and I'm interested in seeing that. This this is this might get really ugly, and then meaning, Tom Peters. Meaning, you think he you, you think Bryson's going to like blow up? Like he's going to have a terrible, terrible. Scorecard. I think we're talking like double digit over par, like near last place. It's it's been horrible on live. It looks totally broken. His game hasn't fit here anyway, and he's such a goof that like watching him like you know the cameras will be on him, and watching him suck is almost as entertaining as you know any other thing on the broadcast. So I'm excited for that. But them sort of when I think about the guys that actually have a chance to win, you know, Liv does sort of have some some of the best players in the world. And you mentioned the big three, Cam Smith, DJ and Brooks. I'll talk about Brooks a lot. I think the other two are in talent wise, you know, top 10 golfers in the world. So they'll be in contention if they play their best game. But I like somebody under the radar here. Joaquin Neiman plays for Liv, uh, has been in contention here, has won at difficult courses and has a lot of games. So like Liv has some sneaky sort of guys with a lot of game that are going to be in contention here. I don't know if you have anybody else that you that you were thinking of, but I like the I like the Neiman play. Um, yeah, Brooks for me is going to be interesting because I I really like him. Number one, I I, I always rooted for him even when he was doing well, um, and I would love to see him win. I'm just a little worried that it's been overhyped now and i don't know if if it just seems like a trap or something like that but i hope i hope i'm wrong um other live guys i don't i i've always liked louis game um i don't honestly don't have not watched enough live um to know like how he's been playing recently but i haven't heard anything about him so i'm assuming not great um it's correct yeah um but again, I don't know like how much stock to put into that. Like I, I just I don't know. It's a, it's tough because so many of these live guys have sort of been like that, right? Like it's interesting. So when I think of like the two guys towards the top, when I think of Cam and DJ, yeah, I I know they haven't been like too close to the top of the leaderboard in recent live tournaments. But I can only I, I don't follow the live tournaments well enough to really know like how they've done over the past year. I know I know the results of like the first few live tournaments. Like I know Cam got a win early on. We were at the tournament in Boston where DJ yeah. won. So yeah. I know I know they were still playing well, but that was still like when they were playing well on a PGA and just went over there. And again, I'm just I'm just wondering now, like, are they going to be able to turn it back on? after sort of not really been, you know, not really being up towards the top of the leaderboard in, in some of these um, live tournaments. I think they definitely can, but that's something I'm going to be um, definitely paying close attention to for sure. Yeah. My, my sort of internal struggle with those guys in particular, because, you know, Brooks is sort of has, has both. Um, and let me just, you know, I'm sort of weighing form and, and, you know, the present versus the, the past and the ceiling that you've seen these guys like golf isn't a, isn't a game where you just sort of age out of it. Um, so you can, you can still hit your ceiling at basically any age, but you know, and Brooks has both those things. Like he obviously has, you know, his, his best game is a multiple time major winner. Like, you know, one of the best, I would say one of the best players of all time, you know, in the top, whatever you consider that number to be, 
Um, so and, and he's in good form. So you like him, but DJ and Cam again, like presently probably top 10 golfers in the world and golf's a funny game. So I, I just wonder if they have the ceiling of a top 10 guy, regardless of how they've been playing, um, you know, can they just go and play good? Like find something on the range on Wednesday and then play good the rest of the weekend. Like it's certainly a possibility that exists. Yeah. Golf is weird. So I, I, that's, you know, that's one side. And then the other side is the live courses are pretty soft and they've been, you know, finishing behind like, you know, brand Weisberger, and, you know, all these other guys, why, you know, Sebastian Munoz is shooting like 61 out in Orlando. And, and, you know, these guys are in the twenties. So that's also something to consider too. And I, I don't, I don't know. I'm personally rooting for it. I think it would make the weekend compelling. And I also just sort of personally like these live guys a little bit like DJ, DJ and Brooks are like two of my favorite golfers of all time. Cam is super fun to watch. So I'd love to see them all in contention, but yeah, sort of a weird, a weird clash of philosophies, I guess, when you're thinking about how to, how to weigh them. For sure. Yeah. And also it's just the aspect of like the new thing. Like we haven't gotten to play Cam or Brooks or DJ in any yeah. tournament so far. Yeah. So it's like just, stones. just having the opportunity to do so is, is enticing. So I think that's a piece, a part of it as well. Cool. Cool. All right. Good stuff. So free podcast. Let's, let's get into like the, the real nitty gritty here with golf. Like I, I was, I tasked you with some, some day work today. Like let's talk about, we actually realistically think can win this tournament. And there are a lot of strong names. I asked you to come up with 10 um, because I didn't think it would take forever because I think we're going to have a lot of the same guys. Um, but just as much as I was interested to see who we sort of like, um, I was interested to see who we don't. Um, and, and that's sort of fun as well. And interesting to see, you know, which one of the chalk you, you don't like and why. So let's start that exercise a little bit. Like out of the realistic winners, you know, I think we both have the big three. I would assume Rory, Scheffler, Rom. Like, all right, so we can we can sort of cross them out. Um, I have Cam Smith on my list. Do you have Cam Smith? I do. Yep. Okay. And I think to to me, like the big three, we don't need to really tell why because they're they're just the three best players in the world. So that's that speaks for itself. And then Cam Smith to me. And, you know, you sort of give me your factors if you want. But but again, like after those three, like he's in the conversation for me for that fourth spot. So because of that, regardless of form, like I just I don't see him being bad enough with his short game, and with his iron game, especially to to fall out of contention here. So realistically, yeah. so the big three for sure, If for me. um So two different things, well, looking at the numbers. um, T to green is incredibly important here. I think uh, one of the shows I was watching said that T to green uh, is ranked second at this course, meaning there's only one other course on tour where, where strokes can T to green is more important. Scotty and Rory have been like, like miles ahead of the field in the last hundred rounds uh, strokes gain T to green. They are like a full half point above every other person in this field. Sort of looks um, like too, right. Yeah. And, and so like the gap between them and three, who is not Ron, by the way, I can't remember who it might've been J day. Uh, I can't remember who number three was, but the gap between them and number three is like the same as the gap between number three and like 25 or something like that. Um, so they are like one a and one B for me, Scotty and Rory, my, my, my eyeball test and like who I root for, I always personally like have a, um, 
I'll, I always put Rom above Rory for whatever reason. I just think I like his like mental aspect and I like like his I, I, I think he also like the fact that he didn't play very well at the match play. I kind of like actually because I think he like bounces back from like a poor performance in a better way than than like Rory might or, or whatever it might be. But obviously those those three are, um, you know, above and beyond the, the rest of the field. All right, and then Cam Smith, and then, you know, give me somebody from your list. Let's see if we can match here again. Okay, yeah, I mentioned his name already, but I, I got Jay Day, like, very high up there. I think, yep, me too. He, uh, I think he can win for sure. Yep, love his overall game, love his short game. Um, Here's a, here's a good name for you, Jordan Spieth. Yes, sir. Do you have him on there? Are Is we he in my top 10? Yeah, top 10, realistic winner? He's not in my top 10. Okay, all right, there's where we differ a little bit. I just, the course history is crazy. And it, it, for me, you know, this isn't really a statistic, but it just comes down to like, it just feels right with speed. Like he just does some wild stuff and like Vegas knows he's fourth on the board. I don't know. Yeah. I don't agree with that or know why that is, but Vegas always knows too. Um, he's always been in contention here last year. He missed the cut because he dumped a bunch of balls in the water on number 12, but that that's also him. So you're putting that in play if you trust it, but I, you know, he is within the top 10 realistic winners for me because of his history, because of his ceiling, but you know, he could also just come in last and, and make me look stupid. So, yeah. So, um, yes, Spieth is always incredibly intriguing. What you mentioned before about like, obviously the, every single shot you hit and they're like, nothing is flat at Augusta, right? Everything, the ball's above your feet, below your feet, you're having to hit cuts draws every cut every type of shot like that is speed like he he thrives in being uncomfortable um but as you mentioned like yeah he's um, just too volatile for me and so if i'm picking guys that i'm confident in top tenning or or guys that i think can win for that reason i leave him off but he absolutely can go out there and and win the tournament for sure as well all right all right what do you got next uh let's see i got cam young in there um, on there all right so yeah. we share him yep nice yeah who else you got i like that let me ask you this question do you have tiger on there i don't me either and it hurts it hurts <laughs> a lot do we need to talk about it like oh man so i'll tell you this i love him to make the cut a lot it's actually like one to two for him to make the cut and i'm sure that's sort of inflated because it's tiger and people are going to be betting it but I actually do think he will make the cut like sort of comfortably. Um, I don't think the iron play or the T to green play will be the issue, but his putting every time he plays his like the real short game, like the, the, the media medium length putts, the around the green chips that are up, getting up and down have really failed him. That sort of leads me to believe he's not going to be sharp enough to actually win. So that that hurt to say, but he was he was my last one out, and Cam Young was actually my last one in at his expense. As much as that hurt, yeah, I I mean he I agree he played well enough at the Genesis, and I I was confident enough in his game. I agree. I, I think he definitely can make the cut. I just um, yeah, just ha- it's tough when he always he's playing like so infrequently. It's it's just tough to feel good enough about his game. I remember going into the 2019 feeling like he could win, but we had a great like body and obviously he did, but we had a great body of like work leading up to that. Like you just don't have that here. So it, it as much as it, like you said, pains me, I, uh, I hope I'm wrong. I'll say that. Yeah, me too. All right. That hurt. Um, you have Xander Shoffley on there. He's on my list. 
I do have him as well. Yep. Okay. Just another guy, like you said, has has all the shots, has great course history here. I just I just like again his sort of ceiling and his his mental game. Um and then here are some some controversial choices that'll round out my list. I have Brooks Kepka on this list as a realistic winner in the top 10. And I know we got into it, but um, before his putting yips and, and sort of the post-surgery ball spiking, ball striking like funk, um, which, you know, now that I'm sort of saying it like that is his entire game before his entire game, you know, sort of hit a funk there. Um, you know, this guy at a major was just an automatic, you know, he, this dude is going to be in the final group or, you know, in the final couple groups on Sunday, always. Um, his, his ball striking has actually been phenomenal the last couple of live events. I'm telling you, I don't know if his putting will hold up, but just the mental game plus the ball striking for me uh, and the fact that I really want to see that just personally, he's in a realistic winner category. Uh, yeah, I love uh, Brooks. He, he's not in my top 10. I, I Again, I hope I'm wrong. I've gotten lucky enough to see him live a couple of times and his, when his like inform Brooks at the top of his game, I don't know if I saw anybody better with like long and like he was playing. I saw him at Beth page. Like it was windy there and he was hitting like four irons, like, you know, 200 plus like, and sticking it on these greens, like just amazing, amazing striker of the ball. And he was always like putting. He was always so aggressive too. That's why it's been like sort of painful to see the struggles come because he always seems so confident with that as well. Um, so hoping like he can he can get that back this week for sure. Um, okay, I got I got DJ on my list. You have him. He's a cup in my mm-hmm. first few out. Okay, He's in my first few out. I this might be more with my heart than my head. Like I I don't know. I, if there's anybody like. I don't think he's gonna care at all about like. You know, DJ DJ just doesn't care about anything, obviously. But like, I don't think it's gonna bother him all the all the questions about live, and all the all the stuff that you know the noise that's going on. Otherwise, I, I again, he hasn't been playing super great, and probably isn't coming in with the best form. But um, I, I just hope he I hope he gets hot, and I would love to see him up there. In the, he's probably the num him and him and Cam and and Brooks. I love too, but like those three would be the ones I would really be like psyched to see all the live guys up at the top hopefully so we'll see yeah man i feel literally all that stuff i echo i just like the form has not been good at all and watching like really nothing's been great at all um so i know he's got great history but that kept him out of sort of that realism category for me um and then mine finishes up with willie z is in my realistic winner category um, the shot uh, strokes gained approach category. He's at the top of the list. Um, he has great course history here. Um, uh, you know, I have no doubt T to green. He will be one of the best players in the field. It all comes down to the, you know, literally the worst putting stroke I've ever seen. Um, but God, man, he doesn't even leave himself like a ton of work with these. Like it's always, you know, these stupid four footers or whatever, but everything at Augusta is hilly is going to move is super fast. So, you know, I know there's, there's a downside there for sure, but his T degree game is so good. Like he, 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 you know, he could put himself in contention there. So it's so weird. Um, I did not put Will Z in my top 10, but I thought saw something interesting about him today. I'm feeling more optimistic than, 
maybe I should about him given his recent form, but he can putt at Augusta. Like he's, he's putt very well at Augusta. He's, and he's not a great putter as we know, as we've seen. Same thing with Connors. Connors can putt well at Augusta. I heard something today that like very cautious putters of the ball, like, and typically if you think of a cautious putter, that typically means you're just like a bad putter, right? Like you're not, you're just trying to like get it. Like I, I think of myself as what I would call quote a cautious putter. Like just, I'm not trying to make this just get Don't it. Three putt. Yeah, but because now Augusta has like so much rollout, like if you're taking what seems to be like a very conservative lie or line, I should say, if if it's gonna just sort of die out towards the hole, like that can be beneficial for you. And and I think that's why we see some of these like historically bad putters um tend to do better on this course because the greens are so fast and there's so much break everywhere. Uh did you leave Tony off? Big I did. He's in my first few out. Okay, yeah. I See, he's, on, it, he's on mine. I I honestly don't know if he can yeah, yeah. I don't know if he can realistically win like any big tournament, honestly, because he just has never done it. But I mean, as we know, it's always the same story with Tony. Like we know the talents there. I I just love him so much and want him to win. Yeah. So I think I think that's why I got him on there. But struggled we'll with that. Struggle with that. All right. Who else you got? Okay, uh, I put Sungjae on there. Um, I just love – I love his game all around. Um, and I've liked some of the recent form that I've seen as well. Uh, he, I believe – so that sort of like fake Masters they played in November that DJ won, I believe – I might be wrong about this, but I think he finished very high up the leaderboard there as well. That's correct. Different correct. time of year, but um, but, yeah, I'm looking for him to make a little noise, so we'll see. Yeah, he's on neither neither one of my lists, but I do like. I got, I'm sure we we'll get into this later, but I like his pricing a lot this week. Yeah. All right, you got well, anything else left? I don't think so. I think we, we matched covered, on a few. Yeah, I think we covered all my guys as well. Right. Let's see, I got Scheffler. Yeah, yeah, I think all of mine are good. So here's here's my chalk that I'm that I'm fading this week overall. Okay. That I don't think for one reason or another has a chance to win. Um, and, you know, we just said Tony Finau. Here's another guy that follows that same mold. One of my personal favorites, Max Homa. And he's just out of out of my list. And it just comes down to, like, he just doesn't do it at majors. Hasn't been close to doing, you know, it really at majors. And I'm just – I need to see it before I believe it. But other than that, like, you know, some of the factors definitely fit. So, um, uh, you know, I'm sort of getting over the top with my hate there. It's not really that. But it is sort of that here because – you know, I just don't think mentally he, for some reason, it just doesn't click at these events. So that's that's why I'm leaving him out. Okay, I got two um, very high up the board. This is kind of bold, but I'm going to go with Cantlay and I'm going to go with JT. Um, JT's on my list as well, my number one. JT, just for the, for the putting and um, I don't know, just haven't been super impressed with the game lately. Cantlay, uh, spoil, uh, not to be a – Debbie Downer here, but uh, the weather for this weekend, if you haven't looked at it, does not look great. Um, it looks Saturday looks like almost unplayable. And I hope this isn't the case, but they might may have to go to like a later finish, as we've seen as a common theme uh, so far this year. But Canlay seems like someone who just isn't uh, very strong and that type of stuff. More of a Cali guy, likes the nice conditions. So uh, for that reason, I'm going to fade him as well. Yeah. All right, some somebody very high as well, Colin Morikawa on my unrealistic 
uh, way to win. And it's just, it's just the putting again, same story. Hasn't been great um, for a season. It's been the only reason why he hasn't won. Um, the ball striking has been uh, great this season, even though it went through a little lull, it sort of resurged um, recently, but I need to see the putter on a big stretch, um, you know, show up in these big events, uh, especially recently. So um, he's somebody that I, I just don't think it's not, not his time over these other guys. Um, I got one more, a little further down. I'm going to probably be fading Matt Fitzpatrick. Just not, um, I don't know what it is. I don't feel he, he obviously had the U S open win, like, he can play tough courses really well. I just don't know if like this is the fit for him at the Masters. I just honestly don't know anything about his like history at this tournament really, but just doesn't feel like the fit for me. And I, um, you know, I, I haven't been incredibly impressed with his game in general this season either. So form's been so bad, and I don't know if it's yeah. his neck or whatever. Is I know he's got a bulging disc or something, but he's been like borderline like Horn Fairy Tour player for. A while uh this season um could be because of the injury um i don't know so with that i said i think we've covered the whole field um i got some plays that i like i got a few i got a lot of variety plays um so i'm, I'm just gonna hit you with a few randomly and let's just pass it back and forth uh if you got some the first one that i like is an outright and it's one that i'll be betting and it's cam young to win at a 28 to 1 um i like that price and i especially like six to one at, at top five this is all DraftKings, I think. Um, I just love those numbers, and I love his fit, and I, I think like he is somebody that's been super sharp. Um, so I, I like that price for sure on Cam Young, betting that. Love that. Okay, a couple things. So I have I have a Scheffler ticket uh, that I parlayed already, so I got some juiced odds on him. So I got him at sixteen, which I feel really good about. If he, if yes. I had to pick one, if I had to pick one person, I think is going to win this tournament. Like, not forget about the price, forget about the odds. Chef will be my guy. So I feel good about that. Uh, I did tip also. I was going back and listening like some of our recent episodes. I don't know. This might have been like three or four weeks ago, but I did make a comment about uh, Jay Day, who was sixty-five to one at the time. And he is now down to 22 to one. So that, of course, I didn't play it because I'm an idiot, but um, that we call that closing line value. So that, that's a good spot there as well. Uh, so uh, Scheffler is my only current play, but other guys that I'll be looking at that I like, uh, I mentioned Sungjae earlier, 35 to one. I would like the number to be a little bit better than that. But um, if I was looking at something, that would probably be something I would play as well. And then just for like guys that I like to root for, I probably would throw something on Cam Smith just because he's he's probably my favorite player, um, even despite going to live uh, somebody that I still root for. And if he would be my number one pick of any live guy to win a major this year. So I, I hope it happens for him. Yeah, I like that. All right, I got a few. Um, here's one of my favorites. It's kind of a cool little bet. It's the big three versus the field. It's two to one. You get Rory, Rom, or Scheffler to win at two to one versus the rest of the field. And I like those odds because my pick is Rom. Regardless of odds, I'm going John Rom. Um, not only the mental, and I do think to your point, like playing bad at the match play, like the dude plays better with sort of a chip on his shoulder. I think he's being overlooked a little bit. Like if, if we rewound a month and a half ago, um, you know, we were talking about this guy as just sort of running away with like the unofficial best player in the world. Um, I, you know, I, I don't know why he's not in these conversations still. I know, I know he hasn't been as good as Scheffler or Rory for 
uh, you know, a few tournaments in a row, but the game is obviously there. And I love the mental. And he's also a great putter on ultra fast greens. Um, it has some good course history here. So, um, you know, we're sort of going to get into a segment later that we've already taped. And I know, uh, you know, our guest pick, but we now have those three, you know, covered. You got Scheffler to really win the tournament. I really have Rom and our guest pick Rory laid on. So, you know, I feel good about that value at two to one. It's a great play. And then, you know, closing line value. I got to give myself some props here. Minwoo Lee is another guy I really like playing this week. He closed at 65 to one. Yours truly has him at 170 to one. Um, I don't think he's really able to win this tournament, but just cool to sort of have that in the pocket. Um, but I do like him at 12 and a half to one to finish in the top five. Um, his game fits ultra long, um, good ratings on ultra fast greens as well. Um, so I, I do like Minwoo. I love that. Wait, when when did you place the Minwoo? That was after, oh my God, like two, whatever tournament, uh, you know, where he was in one of the final groups, like pre last round of that tournament. Um, I just checked the master's odds. They were disrespectful. So um, I had to get them before they closed. But again, like that's not a likely hit, but it would be pretty sweet. So (laughs) no, that's nice. That 170 is crazy. Um, Okay. A couple other guys, a little further down the board. I like, um, Number one, I really like Justin Rose, uh, 55 to one. He's a little bit longer shot there, but just love he's been playing so well. He's got the win earlier this year. Um, so kind of like where his game at is at right now. Um, and then I also really like uh Sahith Eagle. He he is um like sort of up and coming up and coming player. He's had some good results already so far this year. Definitely younger and still like sort of finding himself and rounding into into form on tour, but I think he's going to be a name that we see a lot more over like the coming years. Uh, so looking for him to maybe finish in like the top twenty, something like that. So he's listed on DraftKings right now, uh, top ten at plus seven fifty. So that's something interesting I'll be looking at as well. So we'll see. You know, I think um, you know, a couple first round leader bets that I like. I like Willie Z. Colin Morikawa or Sung J M. And I think that's a 35 to one on those. Sorry, uh, 35 to one on Morikawa. And then um 40 on Sung J, 45 on Will Z. Um, and just because I don't think Morikawa can win doesn't mean I don't think he can light it up for a round. And that's what I'm sort of banking it on there. And I think you have to go all the tiger bets. I know I'll be doing it. It was the first legal bet that I placed in Massachusetts, uh, was Tiger Woods to win the Masters. Um, I don't even have the odds down. I just have to all tiger bets is, is my, you know, the thing I have to say. So there's, I know his odds to make the cut are one to two. You can go ahead and bet that you can bet him as the first round leader, top five. I honestly think there is some decent value on like a top 40 bet, which I think is even money. Like he may finish in the top 40. Um, and then Brooks Kepka, 35 to one is a, is another bet that I'm actually going to make, um, so I love this. There's going to be a lot of money thrown around. Do you have any fades this week? Cause I have a couple fades and I have their odds and I'm actually sort of excited about one of them. Do you have any guys you're definitely fading? Um, I don't think so. Go ahead. Lee with yours. I'm interested to hear what you say. Okay. So my, my number one is Bryson. It is plus plus one thirty eight for him to uh, miss the cut on Barstool's app. I don't know what the limit is. You have to bet it. I will be betting it. 
I, I only have a little bit of money left on my barstool account. It went to the Bryson bet. And that to me is a sure thing. There is no chance, none that he's making this cut. I'm going out there right now and saying it. This is a lock. My lock of the season is Bryson DeChambeau to make the cut or to miss the cut. To miss the cut. I'm saying that right now. Right. Bryson's fall from Grace has been sh- just it's shocking. I mean, unbelievable. <laughs> like, so, he really came out and said uh, and all these guys, like this is this has been ridiculous. It's crazy. He said that the part like he had some famous comments about the masters where he said like the par for him was like 67 or something right. like that. And then when I shot a fucking 70, <laughs> I, I remember that, man. Yeah, that I, uh, I like that play for sure. Wait, I had to ask, are you, are you going to be on your boy, uh, Ryan Fox in any way, shape or form or not? He, he's that. not on my list this week. I don't know what you're talking <laughs> about. Um, I saw you had a tough first round, but then withdrew. That was good of him to not go ahead and shoot another few over par in round two to miss the cut by a lot. I got to stay. I got to stay off him. I got to stay off. Stay him. off. Give, give him, him cool some time. Yeah, I got to let him, him cool, time. cool down a little bit. That was disappointing. <laughs> Um, okay, yeah, I don't, I don't think I have any big fades other than I'm gonna take those strong stances at the top. Uh, just Cantlay and um, and who else did I go with? Cantlay and uh, JT. JT, that's right. Yep. Four and a half JT. to one on JT. That's my number to miss, two. Four and a half to one cut. to miss the cut. Four and a half to one. It's not looked great recently. I'm just saying he hasn't missed a cut yet, but it hasn't looked great. That's crazy value, I think. And then my and last you, one. You and I have. Who, who's the last one? Oh, Vic, yeah. For Holland, yeah, yeah. 280. Okay. Yeah, you and I have been close on a couple uh, Justin Thomas to miss the cut bets. He's yes. barely squeaked by. So I, think, I think we're due. It's four and a half to one. I'll actually be betting it, but I'm telling you, I'm staking my whole gambling reputation on the Bryson bet right now. I'm sure, yeah. I'm sure about this. Regardless, we responsibly. We could have the best Masters finish of all time, and we're still going to lead next week's pod with that's right, Bryson. <laughs> that's right. I'm putting I'm putting that much on it. I literally, Kev, it's not even like a bit. I legitimately just do not see how this dude is going to shoot any number under par and not make a quad bogey. He's making quad bogeys in Orlando. It looks it's out of control. Like now that he's not this, I don't know what happened with the muscles, but like he is, he is. It's terrible. So yeah, it's got to be like a, I mean, a confidence thing, or I don't know what's going on with him, but we'll see. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't look good. It does not look good. So I hope you're right. Yeah, that's that's what I'm putting my whole rep on. So, um, I don't know. I, I, I you know, we got a, we got a segment coming. We taped with a guest, so we're, that you know that that's what we'll finish with. I sort of just had some some Augusta moments in the recent past. Like I'm just so excited for this broadcast. I'm so excited for the weekend. Like it is. One of the best tournaments to follow, honestly, as a fan too. Like the Masters app is fantastic. Like there's coverage for every shot. Go check it out. Um, but just like getting to watch the highlights of like Tiger's recent win, of you know Hideki's caddy bowing. I know you call DJ's win a fake, a fake Masters. Uh, I'm gonna plow right through that and say that was like a pretty cool thing because that was like you know sports coming back, and I love DJ, and that was you know, sort of cool to see. Um, and then I already mentioned it, but like last year, Scotty Scheffler four putted number 18. Um, and if you had said pre, you know, pre tournament that somebody in the final group four putted 18, um, you know, a win probably wouldn't be the thing you think of. So 
I don't know if you have anything that immediately comes to mind, if you've prepped yourself in any way, but it's been a lot of videos for me. Um, I'm super excited about this and, and, you know, it just evokes some of my best sports memories, um, you know, the weeks at Augusta. Yeah. Just all, all the tiger stuff, obviously, like we, we, we went through all those moments for us um, back when we did the tiger episode leading up to the Genesis and how many of them were like masters all iconic them, moments. Yeah. yeah like, uh, so, th- so that's number one, but as you said, just like the memories of, of watching the different tournaments, it's so like, it's everything about it just like the the intro music the the like nance's voice coming on the commentary like the it's just every everything like the scenery the course is just so beautiful like the uh, just everything about it so um you know super super excited for it happy that it's finally here we 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 made it the pool survived which i wasn't sure if it would or not but but we're here um so so enjoy it and uh hope everybody uh can hit some winners this week so we'll see yeah dude that's that's pretty great um here's what i gotta end on um spread this spread this podcast around and here's the premise that i need you guys to to send like if you listen to this if you're one of our you know our fives of listeners like take this podcast and just tell your buddies to download and not listen but just give me give me some downloads spread this around and and honestly like working pretty hard here. So, you know, I, I want to, I want to get this out and I, I do think we're doing some decent content. So if, if you got buddies that like golf, spread it around, but I got to be shameless about it. Help me defeat my wife in, you know, the most, the second most important sporting event of this week. So get those downloads up. I don't care if you listen, but please just download. All right, please. Yeah. We got to get some, we got to get Ed some respect back in his house, you know? Thank you. Thank you. All right. So what we're going to have here, we're going to have a guest on, we're going to do a draft of the the greatest masters foods, um, you know, of the champions. So enjoy that. Enjoy our guest and everybody, you know, enjoy the greatest broadcast in sports. So, all right. All right. We welcome our third ever guest to the program. So full transparency, we're recording this first, but this will probably go on last on the podcast. Coming off the rarely seen 18 fairway in regulation, three green in regulation golf performance yesterday. Welcome to the show, our buddy Alex. Welcome. Hey, guys. Um, didn't think we were going to get into that, Eddie. I wasn't prepared to comment, so I'm just going to let that one slide by. Uh, but, yeah, it was it was good and bad out there. Uh, it's early in the season. We'll get it. We'll get it working. It was it was in fairness. It was meant as a compliment. The 18, 18 fairway and regulation, it was like a machine. Off, off. Yeah, I have to say, well, actually, Alex, I think the last time I played with you before that round, you might not even remember this round, but we played a while back at, uh, oh, my God, what's that course in Rhode Island called? Uh, the uh, across In, like, Exeter, like, NK line. Uh, Rolling Greens, Rolling Greens. Yeah, and I think you were still hurt at the time, and it was not – it wasn't going very well. I think, like, you couldn't really even swing the club. So, yesterday to see you drive the ball the way you did was very impressive for sure. Nice. Thanks guys. Yeah. Don't, um, don't tell everybody about the rest of my game. Let's just keep it about the driver. Driver is feeling good. Nice. Right. Perfect. So <laughs> we called you on to do our draft of masters champions dinners. And for those that don't know, if you win the tournament, uh, the next year to start the event, there is a tournament or a dinner gathering of all past champions and the, the previous year's winner sets the menu. So we, uh, 
we gather all the data that was available online, which is uh, sketchier and sketchier as the years get uh, older and older, and picked uh, our list of favorites and least favorites. And we're going to draft uh, draft meals, I suppose, and sees, see who's comes out on top uh, at the end. Um, I really felt like as I was looking at this, I, I remarked before we started that felt like I was going through like a super elegant wine list. Like I was like, Oh my God, give me the 92 Trevor Immelman collection or the, you know, like the 2010 on hell Cabrera, you know, on hell Cabrera. <laughs> Are so we going to let Alex, uh, we'll let Alex kick it off yeah. here with his first yeah. pick. Yep. Let the right. guests go first. And then Kev, you want to go second? I'll take second. Sure. Uh, yeah. That's nice. Right. That's nice of you. Ed. All right, I'll bring it. I'll bring it up. Which draft are we doing first? Let's are we going go. best or worst first? Let's go best, best to start, and then worst to worst to finish off. I almost feel like the worst is like more more exciting to see who's who's is really crummy. Yeah, I'm we'll definitely start, more start excited for the worst. Yeah. All right. All right. Let's go. Yeah. Let's go favorites first. Okay. Um. So with the number one pick in the Masters Champions Dinner menu best draft um i'm picking 2022 hideki matsuyama's menu he's you got to, uh, you want to list them off yeah go ahead read yeah the list. yeah he's got sushi sashimi chicken teriyaki miyazaki wagyu ribeye and uh strawberry shortcake with a mouse strawberries so <laughs> A little bit of everything, Wagyu beef, sushi, right up my alley. Classy, classy. I, and, um, doing I the like research that. For this. I was com- I was commented to Eddie previously that like it seems like for dessert, every single one of these guys picked vanilla ice cream. Like I, it was, I was shocking to see how much it was. So it's not that I like that pick just for the variety of the dessert option with the strawberry shortcake for sure. Yeah, the amount of strawberries definitely takes it. Um. <laughs> Also, I like this one just because as I was doing the research um, and looking into these, there was a story of uh, of this Masters Champion dinner. Hideki gave a speech. Um, it was several minutes long, and he gave it in English, which he doesn't speak at all. So he had to memorize the speech, and it was about you know how much it meant to him to be a part of that club now. And at the end of it, all the players who were there gave him a standing ovation and appreciation for, you know, how it, how hard it must've been for him to memorize the entire thing. He didn't use any notes. Yeah. That's pretty badass. I read that as well. It's a, uh, yeah, it's a cool moment to think about. Like he, he's deserved a major like that for a long time. Um, and I, I know that coming off that dinner, a lot of the guys were excited going into, going into his meal uh, during the practice rounds. They were all looking forward to the sushi plate. Yeah, that was definitely on on my list of potential picks. So crossing that one out and hoping my number one still stays uh stays in. Kev, all you hey, I'm gonna go uh I'm also going recent. I'm gonna go this year actually with my picks. So the 2023, the Scotty Scheffler, which they'll be having uh this coming Wednesday night. So he's got uh cheeseburger sliders and firecracker shrimp, uh tortilla soup. Texas ribeye steak or uh, blackened redfish option. Um, f- 
family style mac and cheese, which is great. I, I don't know if that just means like a ton of mac and cheese you can have or, or what that I, guess, I think so. Uh, the jalapeno creamed corn sounds amazing to me. I love jalapenos, number one, and that just sounds uh, delicious. Uh, fried Brussels sprouts, seasoned fries, and uh, warm chocolate chip skillet cookie, which also I had my first skillet cookie when I was in Vermont uh, two weekends ago. Never had that before. If you don't know, it's obviously just like this huge chocolate chip cookie that they cook in like a frying pan and bring it out to the table, like to serve it that way. So uh, that kind of won me over as well. But <laughs> I have a lot of thoughts about that pick. Kev. We can get to it when we do our other draft. Okay. Was, I love it. I'm going to say that's probably other, your worst then. I love it. That was on my other list. <laughs> it was on my other list. All right. All right. My number one pick is still on the board. So I'm going to take it here. It's the 2014 Adam Scott uh, celebrating oh. his 2013 win. It's a little surf and turf theme. Uh, artichoke and arugula salad with calamari. And then Wagyu beef, New York strip steak, lobster, sautéed spinach, onion cream, mashed potatoes, strawberry, and passion fruit pavlova. And then a biscuit and vanilla sundae. Um, yeah, the surf and turf theme with the, the Wagyu uh, steak was a, was a clincher for me. So I'm happy to get that with the third overall pick. Um, and yeah, we'll, we'll yeah, I like that too. That, that yeah. was my number two as well, actually. I had a tough uh, time deciding between Hideki's and Adam Scott's there too. Yep. Yep. This is a good one. All right. Let's reset it back to the top. Alex. All right. Well, my, my number two pick is gone. You just picked it. So, um, all right. Next on my list is, uh, 2012 Charles Schwartzel's. Oh, that's my number two. Yeah. <laughs> okay great um so we had a chilled seafood bar with shrimp lobster crab meat crab legs and oysters and a south african uh barbecue with lamb chops and steaks with again like you said kev vanilla ice cream sundae yep yep he had yeah, me so at the seafood bar honestly i didn't same, have to read past that same. Same. Right, like, what do you think that consisted of? That I was curious about that. Oysters, well. like, shrimp, yeah, all shellfish and yeah. mussels. Yeah, so right. we were talking about which um which websites we were looking up the menus on, and one of the menu one of the websites didn't have the full list of the seafood bar, but the other one did. Yeah. I had to I had to find out what was on it. So yeah, <laughs> crab legs and the crab meat and the lobster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was high quality pick right there. That was my number two. All right. All right. With my second pick, I'm going to go with the 2006 Tiger Woods. So he had the uh, stuffed jalapenos. You can see jalapenos, strong theme in my picks here. Uh, Quesadillas, salsa and guacamole, green salad, steak fajitas, chicken fajitas, Mexican rice, refried beans, apple pie, uh, and ice cream. Did not specify on the ice cream flavor, but have to go with vanilla based on the popularity of the other picks probably. Uh, but I'm just a sucker for Mexican food, so that one caught my eye as well. All right, I like that. It's our first tiger mention of of the night. There will be many, many more, um, I'd assume. All right, my next pick is the 2016 Jordan Spieth. Uh, that is a barbecue uh, theme. Uh, brisket, half chicken, pork ribs, baked beans, bacon and chive, potato salad, uh, green beans, zucchini, yellow squash, chocolate chip cookies, and of course, vanilla ice cream to top it off. Um, yeah, I, I'm a I'm a big barbecue guy, so I saw that and and had to go with it. And uh, 
you know, Jordan's one of my, one of my personal favorites as well. So feel good about that. Um, yeah, there were a few barbecue, uh, themed, uh, meals, including, um, the 96 Ben Crenshaw, Texas barbecue period, no more, no less, <laughs> but I had to go with the more detailed, uh, modern speed, speed version on that. Two kinds of squash. Spieth likes his squash, apparently. Yeah. All right. Last ones. You're back to me? Yep. All right. This is tough. Okay. I'm <laughs> I'm gonna go with 2004 Mike Weir's menu because it's the <laughs> it's the only menu that um had a drink listed. And the drink was Canadian beer. <laughs> the rest so I'm gonna go with that one. <laughs> yeah, and the re the rest of it, um, he, Mike Weir's seems like a mountain man. I, I mean, he's got elk, wild boar, and Arctic char, and Canadian beer was the full list of the menu. Yeah, that one caught my eye as well. It's I didn't know to, whether to put that one on my favorites or my <laughs> least favorites, to be quite honest. But I love the the Canadian beer with the lack of specification of like what kind it was, because I just don't think it matters that much. And then also I'm like intrigued by elk because I've never tried that, but I would like to. So yeah. I don't know. I just picture every moose like on top of every fireplace when I looked at that, <laughs> that menu right there. <laughs> All right. Okay, Mac, your last. All right. I'm up. This is my third. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go back to back Tiger Woods here. Now, this is self-admittedly, I am like very much a, a basic eater is what I would say. So I'm going 98 Tiger Woods for a couple reasons. But first of all, it's just listed as cheeseburgers, chicken sandwiches, french fries, and milkshakes. Number one, I love that everything is plural. It just makes me feel like you can get like all you can eat of any yeah. of those like four <laughs> options. And also I just would have loved to see like the, the face on these like tightly wound like masters guys when he wins like his first master and like comes back with like, yeah, this is going to be my, my champion's dinner coming back the next year. So, uh, so that's what I'm going with. All right. Double so very high on spoiler alert. Very high on my other list. <laughs> this All is right. why we're doing this. I love it. <laughs> That's wild. All right. Back to back tigers. All right. My last pick. I was between two here. And I'm gonna go with the 2019 Patrick Reed. Um Caesar or wedge salad, uh bone in ribeye with herb butter, mac and cheese, cream spinach, uh, creme brulee. Broccoli tiramisu, vanilla bean cream creme brulee with chocolate crunch, and then cheesecake. It's a lot of a lot of desserts, which I like, but I'm a I'm a sucker for steak there. Um, I was between the 2019 Patrick Reed and the 2011 Phil Mickelson, but I already had sort of a surf and turf theme, so I had to give it a little more variety. So I'll go with P. Reed in 2019 to wrap up the uh, wrap up the first first of our two food drafts. I wanted to hate Patrick Reed's, but I I so, couldn't. Yeah. But st he still wasn't making my draft. But you know, in like fantasy football, you just have some guys that you will never like. Yeah. Keenan Allen, I screw that guy. I will never draft him again. Um, I couldn't put P. Reed on my board. Oh, yeah. and another just because of him. Just because of him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, screw screw P. Reed. Um, and if you had picked uh, the 2011 film, because it. That was an honorable mention for me for best menu too, but um, it was based on uh, 
Sevi Ballesteros. Did you guys read that? No. It was I an homage to Sevi because Sevi had been battling cancer. But then Sevi died like two weeks later. So I didn't want to put that out there. Oh, I got you. So Phil basically <laughs> tried to try to honor him, but instead Yeah. Fast forward. Oh man. All right. That's that's grim. <laughs> Speaking of which All right, let's move on to the least yeah. favorites. <laughs> which I'm ready. I'm ready for the bad, the bad draft, which like I said was almost as fun, if not more fun, than the uh the favorite draft to to research. And Let's re- let's reverse. So I'll go first here in the bad. Kev, you'll stay second. Alex, you'll uh, okay. You'll go third. That's fine because I I know you guys aren't taking my first pick already. I all right. I'm interested to see that. I was between I was between two. We've heard one of them already, but I'm gonna go with my my least favorite was 2018 Sergio Garcia, um, salads, Spanish lobster rice, and then tres leches, which was just too too basic for me. Uh, and it, we weren't in the nineties, so I, I needed a little more than that. Um, and then Sergio, yeah, sort of to your Patrick Reed point, like I, Sergio gets under my skin sometimes. So <clears throat> I, I'm fine making him the number one pick in the, uh, the least favorite plate, uh, draft. You didn't like that, was- that he brought his wife's trace late chase Kate. Okay. So I was wondering who that was. Is that, I didn't know if that was his wife or his mom, but I was like, I don't know why their name, like, we don't know. I gotta be honest. (laughs) I thought it was like a, I thought it was like a, a type of like a, like a, like a delicacy or some like, like cultural, like, um, what some, I don't know way it's prepared. So I just, I just left it out. (laughs) And, And all right. Well that, you know what I'll, that sort of furthers my, my case. Like I'd like, you know, you oh, you shouldn't them. bring your wife's cook. You don't want anyone to try someone else's wife's cooking. Yeah. Not, at the masters, not at the master's okay. dinner. All right. Yeah. All right. I'm going Sergio number one. Hey, man. Right. You know, interesting. Uh, given your favorites list, this is this is intriguing to see what. <laughs> up here first. Okay, so I'm going to go uh, as my number one least favorite. So this guy won the Masters back-to-back, early 90s, Faldo. Uh, He served the same thing back-to-back years. Uh, It just says shepherd's pie. That's the whole list of the menu. Now, number one, I don't really like shepherd's pie. I don't really know why. It should – all the ingredients should, like – they're they're good by themselves in my opinion i just for whatever reason don't like shepherd's pie and the fact they did the same thing back to back and like that's all that's on there that had to be number one for me the second year shepherd's pie to be to be clear 91 so if you guys want to take 90 (laughs) if you guys want to take 90 shepherd's pie that's still on the board i love that i love shepherd's pie personally but like you said back to back is sort of a curious choice and then when he had a chance to do it again in 97 upgraded to Fish and chips and tomato soup. So at least added added an appetizer. That may be on my list again. Like we'll see what you guys pick. <laughs> All right. Alex. All right. My number one pick. One of us. 98 Tiger Woods. My number one <laughs> worst Let's go. master champion. Con- controversy. <laughs> he wins the most prestigious exclusive tournament in all of golf and then he orders for all the other champions <laughs> cheeseburgers chicken sandwiches fries and milkshakes <laughs> i had my number two yeah 
I was dying when I read that. <laughs> yeah, I did not know that. Like he did that coming into this, so I'm glad that I'm glad that I learned that. But that's why I think I think it really is like your point about Patrick Reed and Sergio and Tiger. Like I think the person for me like weighed heavily on the decision Prince more so him. than the food. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's there's only one person who could get away with that. I think it's probably right. Tiger Woods. If you win the Masters by 12 strokes, you can tell them to eat whatever the hell you want, and they're just going to have to eat it. That's right. All right. Back to me. My number two least favorite dish is the 2015 Bubba Watson, um, which is Caesar salad, grilled chicken breast, green beans, mashed potatoes, corn, mac and cheese, cornbread, confetti cake, and vanilla ice cream. And just don't, don't give me chicken at master's dinner i'm not trying to have that uh i'm not trying to eat anything remotely close to healthy if this is this is the place i'm at so yeah bubba bubba in 2015 pretty plain and then i think it was very same thing as oh just noticing this now 2013 exact same exact same dish all right so i'm taking again in kev's mold the second of the two shitty <laughs> chicken breast uh Bubba Watson please so okay good I'm glad you got the 13 <laughs> I'm glad they were both on my draft board too I'm glad you picked the the 15 uh the 2015 one because 15, yeah. as I was looking into this um they interviewed Adam Scott um maybe a couple of months ago in anticipation of this master's dinner and they asked him what his best and worst or you know favorite and least favorite dinners were and he said, I couldn't tell you the best, but I can definitely tell you the that worst. the worst was Bubba Watson's. <laughs> oh, all right. I'm glad. Adam Scott knows his food, too. Yeah, so Adam Scott's first dinner after he hosted in 2014 was Bubba Watson's, uh, you know, menu straight out of, like, a rollerblading kid's birthday party. Yeah, yeah basically, right? <laughs> yeah. Which actually fits him perfectly, I think. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> That's great. All right, Kev, number two for you. All right, number two, I'm going to go with the uh, 2009 Trevor Immelman. So he had the uh, Bobo Thai meat pie, the Sosati. I don't know how to say all this. This the chicken skewer, the spinach salad, milk tart, and then South African wines. Yeah. So this was, as Alex mentioned previously, this was on one of the other few ones that did list a drink, but I don't like to drink wine. So that was a pretty easy choice for me. And then I just don't know what the other stuff is. Uh, and it doesn't sound that appetizing to me. I don't really know what a meat pie is uh, oh. or like chicken obviously is always good, but I don't know, just not really psyched about anything on that menu, to be honest. So Got you. All right. Interesting pick there. That was on my list as well. That was the next one up for me. Let's see if I can keep the next one. Alex, your second, second pick. My okay, my second uh on the worst for the worst draft is also already said. <laughs> it's um this year's not Scotty. Scotty. It's just gonna be yeah. off my list again. Yeah. It's all my picks. Yeah. <laughs> so before uh you guys even asked me to come on. Um, a couple of weeks ago, when his menu got released, I was just trashing it for days on end in like all my group chats. I couldn't believe it. It was 
the tortilla soup and the firecracker shrimp and the cheeseburger sliders just they just got me like yeah it's i feel like you just go to chili's and you know yes. order the same <laughs> shit off their menu that's got you um, that's but honestly yeah but honestly <laughs> like looking at everyone else's menus i I went in too hard on Scotty initially because most of all these other menus are are pretty bad for the most part. So you're saying um, you went like before I you researched dis- like the more the earlier ones you you were yeah. too harsh. Yeah. yeah, but he's that's the one that kicked <laughs> it off and the firecracker shrimp like it's, that wording on the menu I, it kills like me every time I look at it. Like it's yeah. <laughs> just that particular yeah. Oh, I love it. The tournament favorite getting some shade early. All right. I'm gonna you, you've taken all my my last two were Immelman and Scotty. So I'm gonna have to go to my next one, which is the 2005 Phil Mickelson meal. Lobster ravioli and tomato cream sauce, Caesar salad, and garlic bread. And again, just way too simple. I'm not a big lobster ravioli uh guy, so shame. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah it's like against my blood but what's your last name right it's, i yeah it's got a lot of vowels yeah so i'm not i'm not i'm not uh i'm not proud to say that but just not not a favorite of mine and then for somebody like phil who's like all about the show like it just felt real flat to me um yeah coming off his first win too so um yeah phil 20 uh 2005 um Lobster ravioli, my third least favorite, least favorite dish. Dang All man. right. Is that me? Last one. All right. This is tough. There's some bad ones on there. Um, okay. I'm going to go. <laughs> I'm going to go with 94 Bernhard Longer. Uh, <laughs> I have it listed here as <laughs> turkey with dressing and then a black forest torch. So for I don't know why, but for whatever reason, the lack of specification on the dressing really rubs me the wrong way. And then I don't really know what a Black Forest tort is, so it might be good, but I don't know. Just, uh, yeah, doesn't sound too good. Turkey, also turkey for me, like, I don't mind eating it like once a year, Thanksgiving, whatever, but it's number one, like my least favorite cold cut for sure. And second of all, I don't really even like it cooked that much either. So uh, not a big turkey fan. I'm down with that one. If I was picking a Bernhard longer uh worst menu though i would have went with the wiener schnitzel that was close for that was a close <laughs> second for me as well <laughs> uh, name alone <laughs> okay well you have a chance still on the board your last no i <laughs> i've got another one that tops it um for me anyway um so my yeah my third pick on the worst draft uh 2008 zach johnson it's listed as oh, God. Iowa yeah. beef and Florida shrimp, period. Yes. <laughs> um, I don't know if either of those places are uh, really known for their food. Um, but yeah, Iowa beef, Florida shrimp. Nope, not appealing to me. Not not picking it. Although I picked up on this in the research, um, Baldo was talking about one of the dinners where um, Gary Player almost choked to death and he was explaining what happened and he didn't, he couldn't specify the year, but it was um, one year when shrimp was on the menu 
like these big shrimp. So in another on another website, Zach Johnson's menu is listed as jumbo shrimp. But the one I used here was Iowa beef and flour oh, shrimp because that's funnier. Yeah. So I'm thinking that his was the master's dinner um, that almost killed Gary Player because he was choking <laughs> on a jumbo shrimp. That could be some uh, pretty serious detective work. That's, right uh, that's great background <laughs> info also. Yeah, that, it probably was that year, I'd have to guess. Yeah, because you don't see shrimp popping up in too many other years. I think also the one year that Zach Johnson won that year, he was it was like plus one or something, the winning score. They had some like bad weather or something. So maybe he if he's going to win, it's not going to be a great score. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. And so kind of fitting uh, dinner menu there based on, off of that. So <laughs> were, were you able to research what Iowa beef is? And why it's different than I didn't, you know, I didn't want to. No, I didn't even yeah. want to Google that one. The algorithm on your phone will be all all fugazi after that. All right. So we have we have our teams here. We'll put them out uh in the podcast description, try to get a feel. Uh, you know, our fives of listeners will weigh in to see whose is the uh <laughs> whose is the best draft. Um, but before we have you go here, predictions. You have a you have a winner here. You have some, you want to drop some plays, an outright winner. What, what do you got overall feeling on the Masters? I haven't even, I haven't gotten into the plays yet, um, but I think Rory's going to win this one is my pick. Okay. Oh, and career slam. All right. Yep. Came in second last year. He's been playing well. He's yeah. hit some high pressure short putts recently, which I liked to see from him. And, um, match play i think two rounds in a row he shot uh minus 17 yeah he was i feel like he's gonna be strong coming into this one yeah that new uh new putter new driver seemed to help him at the match play so yeah to scotty it it feels like he's been due for this big win for so long and he's been so good for so long but it's like never really comes but it's definitely trending like it fits the storylines really does Guaranteed his menu would make the worst draft also. Come I on. could 100%. absolutely see that. <laughs> I could absolutely see that. All right, sweet dude. Thanks for doing this. This was fun. Yeah, thanks, guys. Let's let's get this on the on the description. See you wins. And we'll uh we'll have you uh on the pod next year when the pool restarts. Or if we uh if we revive it mid-year, we'll have you back on. <laughs> Yeah, this might be the first one that was actually I'm not even gonna I don't want to hear myself, so I'm not gonna listen to this one. I'll try to get I'll try to start listening again. I've been silently boycotting since I was eliminated several, several uh, weeks ago. Hey, just download, don't more. listen. Just download. All right, I'll get you the click at least anyway. All right, perfect. We pre- we appreciate that. <laughs> Thanks, Alex. <laughs> All right. Perfect. Bye, All right, see ya.